Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be recapping our recent trip to Walt Disney World, where Angela completed the Dopey Challenge. Yeah, buddy, I did it. <laughs> so I can officially call you Dopey now, and it's no longer like a diss. Um, it's, it's I think n- it depends on the context there. <laughs> Angela, you are Dopey for running almost 50 miles. I, I think that that's a good context. There. See, that's good. That's good. It's not a diss anymore. All right, good. Good stuff. All right, but before we get into everything dopey and our recent trip, uh, we're going to cover the Disney news of the week, as we always do. So jumping into it with Disney's 100th anniversary uh, rapidly approaching, Disney released all of these special-themed 100th anniversary food that's going to be coming to Disneyland in a couple of weeks here. You know, we've talked about this before, where a lot of times this food is somewhat gimmicky. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks better than it is. You know, a lot of it is just like they'll put a little medallion on a on a cupcake, which some of this definitely is. Some of it looks pretty good, though. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I didn't notice in this grouping of, of foods them being ridiculously opulent. Like, they don't really look super fancy, which actually makes me feel like maybe they taste very good. Like, there's a... Um, there's a lemon tea cake, and there's also another lemon dish, a lemon chiffon pie. And neither of them are particularly flashy looking, but, I mean, they sound really good in their description. So definitely keep an eye out for some of that. I would be willing to try that. I feel like, yeah, we've gotten burned at Disney World before trying some of those. I think we did the 50th, um, some sort of truffle cake. I will tell you, though, I, I think I talked about this when we said, like, things I will never do again in, in Disney World. And I said, I'm never getting another you know specialty dessert <laughs> we went to la cellier they had a 50th anniversary dessert i got it I, and then i ordered i'm like why am i doing this but it was actually pretty good it was a, a chocolate mousse uh with like a cookie in it it actually uh was very good so i didn't like it <laughs> maybe i'm coming around a little bit but i will say so i i think two things look pretty cool i think the cake pops look neat i'm with you it's pretty understated, but they had uh, like Mickey Mouse cake pops with kind of like the platinum uh, sprinkles or, or edible glitter on it, which looked pretty cool. And then, you know me, I love my Disney mugs. They had a poison apple mug I want that, that was all platinum. That looked incredible. It's not well, food, but it's a mug. It's, I loved it. It's platinum, and it's an interesting – like they didn't use the red apple. They made it purple. So the purple and the platinum look really great together. That's kind of the, the color scheme they're going for. There's also a Mickey Mouse 100th anniversary sipper that is also purple primarily, and it is glorious. Yeah, I want I, that. I want it to sit with our orange bird sippers and be friends with it. Yeah, I think the best things are the non-food items. So the mug and the sipper, all that sort of stuff looks great. The food, so-so. Speaking of food... Uh, and speaking of Angela's love of Donald Duck, <laughs> so over at Shanghai Disney, they announced that Donald's Dine in Delights open. Uh, so it is a restaurant all themed around Donald Duck. Um, it, they have a little like onion rings you can get where it's Donald Duck walking around and he's carrying the onion rings and then Chip and Dale uh, are the little sauces uh, to dip in there. Uh, the food looks pretty good too. The Disney, like there's a picture... Um, uh, one of the meals is like a steak, uh, which actually looks pretty good with a Donald Duck actually butter on top of it. So this is a restaurant fully themed to Donald Duck. Angela, I'm sure you want to go there immediately because you <laughs> love Donald Duck for some reason. Uh, but this is 
pretty cool that they're opening for this up over some Shanghai. reason. Yeah, for, I, Take I those words. I don't get. I don't get it. And stuff them back in your mouth. All right. I, I'm just saying. I don't get it. Uh, he's so funny. He's ornery. I I have to respect somebody that could be a little ornery. So you know, it, I, I I love Donald Duck, and he's so cute, and he's a duck. I love ducks, and you know how I love birds. So yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't like birds. Maybe that's what I got against Donald. Because there's evil in your because he's a bird. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think we might have just figured it out. Yeah, birds are awesome, super cool creatures. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a really cool place to go. Um, it looks like the onion carrier. He's maybe it's like he's supposed to be carrying a fishing pole over his shoulder and that's what the onion rings are Yeah, I think it's from one of the original Donald Duck cartoons where Chip and Dale kind of antagonize him in there. So it's a cool callback to that. And also there are some really cute, very decorative shakes. Um, So those look pretty delicious. But again, you know, with Walt Disney food and looking really good, you're always worried that maybe they don't taste so good. Um, But yeah, it looks really awesome. I'd love to go. Yes, let's go there now. Okay, just fly to Shanghai. All right, uh, and the last thing Disney announced uh, over at Disneyland with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opening there, it is going to be opening with a virtual queue or an individual lightning lane. So this is following the pattern of uh, virtual queues for new attractions. So you will not be able to just line up in a standby queue for this. Um, I I know a lot of people that kind of frustrates them, especially when you're going for opening day. Maybe you make a trip, you know, with your family. Hey, we want to go. We want to ride the new attraction. And you get there and they say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't get in line. You know, you had to get a virtual queue at 7 o'clock and they're all gone at 7.05. So, you know, it it, it is a a point of frustration, um, but it's something that's happening. I think with this, Disney hasn't announced yet uh, over at Walt Disney World, but I imagine Tron will be opening as as a virtual queue again. All the new attractions, but I think what that means is that Guardians of the Galaxy will come off the virtual queue because for whatever reason, Walt Disney World's app cannot handle two attractions that have virtual queues. So uh, Rise of the Resistance was on a virtual queue, and then when Remy opened, uh, Rise dropped the virtual queue, and Remy went on a virtual queue um, because, again, for whatever reason, they can't have two virtual queues over there. So I imagine with Guardians of the Galaxy being on virtual queue now, that's going to come off uh, and Tron will be starting as a virtual queue in April. Again, not officially announced, um, but something I would bet money on uh, will happen here. But because, again, with uh, Runaway Railway, they're going to be on a, starting on a virtual queue. Or, again, you could buy an individual lightning lane. Yeah, I know a lot of people have strong feelings about this. It, it's always worked out okay for us, I feel like, because we tend to try to rope drop we try to be there pretty early so i want to you know get up and get ready and so you know being up at seven's not that much earlier um to do you know try to get in the like the line well the thing is you gotta be on right at seven well right right you really have to time it well if you get up and you time it well you can do it i guess i would be frustrated if i was the one trying to do it but because you've always handled it and you do such a an impeccable job with it um it's, I kind of like the virtual queuing because you don't tend to – I think the wait, the longest we've waited for a virtual queue is probably about an hour. I think we did about an hour at Web Slingers maybe in DCA. No, I mean the virtual queue definitely uh, is a is a main hindrance. I mean it, it's yeah nice if you can get the virtual queue, but it is very frustrating that that's the only option you can use. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, again, if you time it well, you can do it. You can make it work. Um, but yeah, you basically have to be up at seven. You have to get on it right away to get the virtual queue. We have been lucky with it, but I, I really wish they would just open these rides with standby lines. I know they want to 
try to prevent the six, seven, eight hour lines yeah. that, that start with these new attractions. And especially when they're new, there's a lot of downtime. So it's very easy to mask downtime whenever you just don't call any virtual queues back. Whereas if you have a line of people and you have to dump the queue because the ride goes down, it's much more noticeable. Uh, again, guest experience goes down. But it is it is very frustrating if you're somebody that does not know about the virtual queue. And again, you're coming there mm -hmm. specifically to ride that ride and you get there and you walk up and you're just turned away because all the virtual queues are gone. All the lightning lanes are gone. You know, and even if you could get a lightning lane, you got to pay extra for that. That's where the frustration comes in. It, it's just people don't realize that's what you have to do. Um, and so I think it's Disney managing. You know, do is it is it more of a frustration to guests to wait? You know, six seven hours in line with the ride breaking down, or to have some guests you know not realize that you need a virtual queue, and then they're kind of upset. And maybe you can give them you know a free lightning lane on another attraction or something like that to kind of make up for it. Wow. Yeah, I, I I totally can see that perspective. I do like the idea that, you know, you're not waiting in very like hours and hours long lines. But again, if you're a person who's not in the know, you don't listen to Disney podcasts or follow a lot of Disney, you know, social media accounts, then you're not going to know these things. And then you're going to go there. And like you said, you're going to be pretty angry and disappointed that your experience is not, you know, you paid to get into the park. Why can't you just ride the ride? All right, so let's jump into our trip recap. The primary reason we went was for Marathon Weekend, was for the Dopey Challenge. Mm -hmm. So we did not do as much in the parks mm -hmm. because obviously when you're up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning to run these races, you kind of are tired. And you don't <laughs> feel like staying out late because you have to kind be up of. so early. Um, and then whenever you're you, Angela, and you're running – uh, you know, 26 miles after running 13 miles and all this stuff, you kind of get tired. So I did the 5k and the half marathon. So I wasn't as tired as you, but again, you're up a lot. So we really didn't do as much in the parks. I mean, the other reason is it's very crowded. So it was kind of, you know, a weird timing because you're coming right off of new year's. So yes. you have the new year's crowds and then you have the marathon weekend crowds because like 40,000 people run these races. Um, and so there's a lot of people there. So it's, it's, also very crowded. The lines were 45 minutes, an hour easy for things even like Haunted Mansion. You know, Jungle Cruise, I think, was like an hour and a half most days. So you really yeah, don't feel like waiting in line We didn't much. ride the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, we, um, we were – it's good that we kind of tempered our expectations before we went down. You know, we were – we had the idea that, hey, we're going down to run. It doesn't really matter, you know, how much we ride. There's obviously rides that we wanted to ride, and we did – get to ride most of those but we that wasn't our primary concern so it was kind of nice it took the pressure off of our park experience because we were like hey the focus is is the is the races and that's like what we're trying to enjoy and so because we prioritized that I think it also made the races themselves far more enjoyable than they would have been if we tried to push it Exactly. And we did do a day at Universal. We'll kind of talk about that on a later episode because we mm -hmm. have some thoughts on some things maybe Disney could perhaps learn from Universal. Yep. So that's a, a tease for an upcoming episode. But yeah, so we were primarily down there for the races. Um, we really didn't stay out late. We thought about maybe going to see Harmonious, seeing Enchantment because it be the last time we get to see them yeah. um it was a thought and then when time <laughs> came around we we're like ah, i don't really know that i want to go fight the crowds and then uh, the thought of staying in bed was much better stuff, right <laughs> um but we did get to see phantasmic 
Yes. Um, we ended up doing the Fantasmic Dining Package uh, at uh, Mama Melrose. So we'll talk about all the places we ate because we ate at a lot of uh, good restaurants. We had a lot of good meals this mm-hmm. trip. So we didn't maybe necessarily ride as much, um, but we had a lot of good meals. But we got to see Fantasmic. So that was a lot of fun. I know you were really excited to see that, but that was the one nighttime show that we end up uh, did see. And we kind of did that the first night. We're like, hey, we'll, we'll do mm-hmm. one night late. Uh, and we wanted to make sure we saw Fantasmic. It was really awesome getting the seats that we had. I mean, we were able to get the whole way down in Fantasmic to, I think we were on maybe the fourth row. I mean, we were really close to the water and dead center. We were in the scar section. So I was very excited to be there. And um, it was just, it was really awesome to see it come back. Yeah. I It's really nice with the dining package. I mean, that's yes. why we had such great seats is because you get that reserved right. seating. So, you know, you come in. I think we came in like a half an hour before the show started. And, you know, if, if you were just in the standby, those areas were already filling up. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like we walked in and we're like, yeah, here's the third row or fourth row or whatever right up front. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we got to sit and experience it. We had met up with some friends. So it was really awesome to, like, hang out and get to experience that with people that also enjoy and love Disney as well. So we had a really awesome time with them. And it was just really nice to kind of return to have seeing Fantasmic. It's been a really long time. And I think that that is one of my, I mean, it's still one of my favorite shows. You know, I think it's funny. It wasn't as big as I had remembered it. I felt like there were barges missing. And I know I think you looked it up and there weren't any, but, you know, still the water screens were excellent. Um, You know, Mickey was really cool on the mountain and all of like the puppetry where where you have the um, Jafar snake and things like that. Uh, really, really cool with the water screens and then all of the characters on the boats. It was just really spectacular and <laughs> just a really, it was just really nice to see that. I, it kind of felt like a homecoming. Yeah, the new scenes were really good. So the added scene with Pocahontas. Mm, uh, yes. And the added scene with Moana. I think the Moana one was was probably my favorite, how she actually comes out into the water. So oh, they yeah. kind of have like the stage built. And she's actually right in front of us for that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool how she she comes into the water, essentially. And she's uh, as she's dancing and singing, you know, she's kicking up the water. She's kind of interacting with the water. Um, and that was really cool. And then she has the heart of Tafiti at the end. So I think that was probably my favorite part. Like that addition yeah. um, was really good. I, I'm with you. I initially I was like, I feel like there were more boats that kind of came through throughout. Like I thought there were kind of more interludes with it. Um, so I was a little bit let down because I was like, yeah. I was expecting a little bit more in my mind. I, I remembered a little bit grander, but I mean, overall it's, it's a great show. It's a, it's, um, you know, well done in terms of the storytelling and kind of like the, the through line of it that, you know, this, again, this is Mickey's imagination and he's, you know, all these characters are kind of part of his imagination. Then you have the whole good versus evil thing uh, and mm-hmm. everything kind of playing like it, it's really well done. And I think, you know, where some shows like maybe Harmonious over at Epcot, you know, didn't do as well. It's it doesn't have kind of that through line like Harmonious kind of feels like it's just a bunch of different Disney cartoons thrown well, together and it's random Disney music and it's not maybe as consistent. I so I think say, Fantasmic, I, you know, again, it's, it's a really well done show. Just to play the devil's advocate here. I mean, I think the through line for Harmonious is more like it's that international theme of, hey, here's the Disney songs. Here they are sounding what they sound like in their native languages. Yeah, but it just doesn't play as well. It's just no. it's not as clear. I feel like in, in in harmonious uh it's it's not as clear of what 
that through line is because again, there's not necessarily that connectivity. It's just kind of, you know, bounces. Obviously you get that because they're in their, you know, their native languages and they have native singers, but it just kind of bounces around from, you know, one popular Disney animation to another. Yeah, and it's not even um I think that they got different artists renderings too. So it's it's not like the traditional animation from the Disney films. It was like it doesn't look the same. The one interesting thing I think about it is whenever you compare the water screens to the barges, like the water screens can be almost so much bigger. They're not as clear as the barges are were, but it is so interesting because it's almost like when they I had the idea for the barges, they didn't realize that they wouldn't look so big from, you know, the edge like where everyone had to watch so yeah I, th- I just think it was it's an interesting contrast seeing phantasmic come back and then kind of comparing it to at least again harmonious which i think is probably more like it than enchantment yeah definitely so i think a big thing i, I kind of touched on this briefly was like the different restaurants we ate at so we ate at a lot of sit-down restaurants and i think yes. that was a big focus of like hey let's Let's have a reservation to eat somewhere nice each day. Right. Well, and we were also, I mean, part of that was that we were kind of concerned. We wanted to make sure that we were eating enough and correctly and having at least one really good solid meal a day because we were going to need that energy in order to run the next day. At least I you was. Were. Yeah, I, yeah just, I was. I mean, I was focused on how many Mickey bars I could eat uh, in, a, in a given week. <laughs> yeah, I think well, it was only like two or three. I spent most of the time putting the Mickey bar on my clothes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you did. You did end up wearing a few Mickey bars. So yeah, so so let's talk about the, the place we ate at. So um, we mentioned Mama Melrose. So we did do uh, the Fantasmic Dinner Party. We ate at Mama Melrose. This has probably been the first time we've been at Mama Melrose in probably seven years. I'd say it's been a while since we've eaten there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it being decent, but I really uh, liked what I got this time. So um, with we the, got the same thing. Yeah, with the which di- is <laughs> that never happened. With the dining package, it's nice too because you get either uh, like an appetizer or dessert you get your entree and you get a soft drink so it's nice it's kind of all included in that package Um, yeah so we had the we both had the uh, mama's italian pasta with chicken which i thought the chicken was really well done i thought the pasta was really good and then uh, we both got dessert Uh, i think you got the gelato i had like the lemon uh, sorbet i think we ended up liking each other's better (laughs) and we ended up flipping but yeah overall i was really impressed with it yeah i mean you know, I, I kind of got a little concerned because I read some reviews online that people said that they didn't like Mama yeah, Mel- I think, Melrose. I think it does get a lot of hate. Like, I think it, it's not a very highly ranked restaurant. I think a lot of people kind of knock it. It's not like it's incredible I mean, food, yeah, but it was it, really good. It wasn't um, It wasn't something that's going to earn a Michelin star by any means. And I kind of like what the deal, the dish that we got, I was kind of looking at two different dishes. There was another dish that I think had like a bunch of vegetables in it. And then there was this one. And when I looked at the two online, a lot of people were saying that the, the, what we ended up getting was just kind of like a solid pasta. Like it wasn't like spectacular, but it was pretty good. And I felt that way. Like I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Like for, you know, Disney park food. And again, like sometimes that can be a little suspect, but thought it was really good. And it was exactly what I wanted. I wanted carbs. Um, and I ate it all. It was a lot of food and I ate it all. Um, so I didn't eat most of my dessert because I was more concerned again about getting the nutrients than I was about, you know, getting the dessert. Yeah. I think the thing with mama Melrose and I think why maybe a lot of people don't rate it higher again, 
I mean, the food's good. It's not bad by any mm-hmm. means, but I, I, to your point, yeah, it's not going to win a Michelin star. But I think, I, I mean, again, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I'd order it again. Yeah. I'd go back again and get that again. But I think what the problem is, especially in Hollywood studios, those restaurants in there are so themed. So you mm-hmm. have 50s primetime diner, you ha- which is very themed. You have sci-fi drive-in theater, which the food in there is not great. That's kind of the knock on it, but it's really well themed. Then you have kind of more upscale places like... Uh, the Brown Derby, Hollywood and Vine. Like there's the the restaurants there are either like really well themed or like kind of really over the top in terms of like quality and aesthetic and things like that. And Mama Melrose is just like a very basic restaurant. I mean, it's, it's themed to an extent, but not really. It's not really it, themed. It, it's a restaurant you could go to anywhere across the country, an Italian restaurant anywhere across the country. Reminded, and I think that's the knock on it. It reminded me very much of Spaghetti Warehouse. I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't. I don't know. If, I think that was a chain. I think it was a national chain. I don't think it was just local to where we had it, but maybe I'm wrong. But it reminded me of that place. Like it, again, and that was just kind of like a generic Italian food restaurant. Um, you know, kind of like, I think there was even bricks on the wall there, but yeah, it was just, it was pretty basic as far as the theming is concerned. And I think the food is relatively basic as well. Which yeah. Is so I think, I think that's the, the knock on it is, is kind of the theming of it. So, all right. Uh, so, uh, the second night we ate at La Cellier, we had uh, dinner there, uh, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got the a filet because it was the only cut that was Canadian beef. So I was like, hey, if I'm coming to the Canadian steakhouse, I have to try the Canadian beef. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad I did because it was absolutely fantastic. It melted in your mouth. Uh, it was delicious. One of the best steaks I had. One of the best steaks I've ever had. Uh, one of the best meals I've ever had. Uh, just slightly oh, wow. below the grilled cheese I had at Denny's uh, in Lake Tahoe, <laughs> which was the best meal I've ever had. Um, that Denny should have a Michelin star. Was was Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen that day? I feel like he was. I feel like Gordon Ramsay was cooking. He in the has kitchen. like a whole ki- like a whole cooking show. He probably does actually. Like, like he has a whole thing about scrambled eggs and how to make them. Maybe he has a whole thing, thing about grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. Uh, quick quick side note. We we went to Lake Tahoe. This is I mean a legitimately true story. I think the grilled cheese I had at Denny's. It was the most absurd thing. Was ever. the greatest meal I've ever had in my entire life. I think we were just very hungry and we couldn't find. W- w- what was that? Like so, so quick, we couldn't so, find something. So quick, yeah. So quick side note here. So we're, we were in Lake Tahoe, and we were hiking, and you had me hike this mountain, uh, <laughs> and you know we're, we're already at an elevation. We're hiking. It's like straight up. So it's like very strenuous <laughs> climbing up this mountain, and then like we didn't know where we were going either. It was kind of like, are we at the top yet? And you were like, yeah, I think we're there. And it's like, oh no, we've got to keep going. It's another like half an hour to go. So like it just we kept climbing and climbing. And, you know, it's it's late at night. Um, and I think this was the day we flew in, too. So, like, we're tired from – at least me. I'm tired from flying. I'm hiking. I don't want to hike, like, this strenuous mountain. I want a nice hike, right? Well, we, had, we had talked to somebody, and she had recommended that this particular hike was a really nice one. And it was. It had a nice overlook at the top. It was okay. I don't remember what it looked like. So, <laughs> I, don't I just wanted to come back just down. That. I just wanted to come back down. So, we were really hungry. And then we – because it's late, because again, it took us so long to hike up this mountain and back down. All these restaurants started closing. Like we were going to go eat at these places. Were they closing or like they were like really packed? I think no, it, it was closed. It's okay. like apparently everybody closes at seven or eight o'clock in Lake Tahoe. So we were trying to avoid the Denny's, but the Denny's was the only place that was open. So we, you know, we circled around. Every other place was closed. So we were like, all right, we got to go to Denny's. 
I'm like, I'm just going to order a grilled cheese. I'm hungry. I need something to eat. Order grilled cheese. The greatest grilled cheese. I actually sent my compliments to the chef. I told <laughs> I told our waitress. She was like, how was the food? I said, delicious. This is the best grilled cheese I've ever had. Please let the chef know. Meanwhile, don't let them know that you said that because um, Beaches and Cream has way better way I'm better I'm grilled cheese but that is a hundred percent true story and to yeah, this day i hold that that was the greatest meal yeah. i've ever had but uh you know a close runner up there was la cellier because the steak was was delicious uh you had the poutine how was I that i had poutine and uh french onion soup so um you know i wanted to try their french onion soup because i couldn't eat it for years because it uses beef bouillon i believe so i tried it and it was really salty i would never get it again i was very disappointed in it um so i i it was okay i mean it wasn't terrible but definitely not what i expected like panera bread makes better um french onion soup and then the poutine i i i don't i wasn't really into it either i actually enjoyed my food at mama melrose's more than i did at la cellier which i usually love La Cellier and I love the poutine but I don't know something about it just wasn't wasn't the same I think that before maybe there was just some there was something different something different going on with with me that day and I wasn't as impressed with it as I usually am but I mean it was it was still good it was just not what I remembered it to be yeah but definitely recommend the steak and again we got the 50th anniversary dessert there they had a lot of great desserts uh, I could have probably ordered every dessert there yeah we uh, were we were having a hard time yeah deciding. because they have creme brulee they have carrot cake they have chocolate mousse but i decided you know what i'm gonna get this 50th anniversary dessert because it's only gonna be here a limited time but i liked it i know you weren't a, a huge fan of it no. but i thought it was good it was the best anniversary or special thing i've ever eaten uh you know at disney like it, it wasn't over the top about that it was the 50th like there wasn't anything there wasn't anything on it that made it that said 50 or anything like that. It was just kind of like a specialty dessert they had. Uh, and overall, it was pretty good. But definitely want to go back. And maybe I'm just going to order just desserts next time because I could eat like every dessert they have. Well, I will say that I don't think I was very impressed with any dessert that I ate the entire time I was down there because we got Gideon's cookies pretty early on. I think it was our second day, third day. I don't know when, when we got it. We had it for the half marathon and the full marathon. So it was our, I think, second third day there yeah we went and early because we've learned our lesson that you got to go and wait in line and this time it was a four hour wait when we went yeah which it was, was crazy it was a crazy long wait we were actually thinking about going the day before but i was tired and joe was gonna go by himself but he was kind of tired too so we were so happy though we got several chocolate chip cookies and i i uh, we got so, what nine cookies between us we, we had got like four and a, a half lot. pounds of cookie well which, which still I feel like is not enough. It was not cookies. enough because you talked me into like, oh, you don't need that many cookies. And I got like regular chocolate chip ones instead of my normal, the banana bread chocolate chip cookies. And I really regret that because the banana bread ones are where it's at. They're the best cookie that they have. Original chocolate chips. No, the I mean, original the, chocolate the, the original the chocolate chips are good, but they're not great. Like they're not. Oh, no, I lied. I lied. I take that back. They're, they're amazing, but the banana bread ones are, I think, amazinger. Yeah, they're okay. They're so good. And then we also, I also got the butterscotch, which was their special one that had like the crumbled Biscoff cookie yeah. on top, and it, I thought it was really good. And we got too. the cookies and cream one as well, yeah, which is is pretty good. I think it was the worst it's, of the too much Oreo. four that we got. Too much Oreo. I didn't, I didn't love it. Yeah, my favorite one's definitely the banana bread, and then the chocolate chip, and then probably that um, 
butterscotch one. Yeah, so good. It's it's funny because you know we we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but but we've said to ourselves because we've gone a few times and not gone to Gideon's because we've walked up and we're like it's a three hour wait and we're like eh, these cookies aren't worth three yeah. hours like. And we always and, and we screwed up because we would always go when we were done shopping at Disney Springs. Like we're ready to leave. Let's yes. go to Gideon's. And so we learned our lesson uh, two trips ago, and we said, okay, we're going to go there first. Well, we we were eating at the boathouse. Right. Realized that oh man, we we could have joined the virtual queue and then eaten at the boathouse yeah, like, and then gone back. That was like three trips ago. Yeah. So, so we learned a lesson. So two trips ago, we said, okay, we're going to go. The first thing we're going to do is get in line, and then mm-hmm. we'll go eat. We'll go do our shopping, whatever. And it worked out perfectly. So we did that again this time. We went. We're like, it's four hours. We're like, it's okay. Um, you know, We're going to grab some lunch. We wanted to go to World of Disney and look for some stuff. And it all worked out. I think we got in under four hours. It wasn't as long as I they said it was going to be. I think it was, it was like be. three, three and a half. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad because we had to leave. Like We had a cutoff because we had a dinner reservation. Yes. So like we had to go. So I was like, oh, it's going to be kind of cutting it close. But we ended up making it. But it's funny because when we were coming home, because obviously we did not eat nine cookies while we were down there, people. Okay, <laughs> we didn't. We only ate like two. Sure. We brought sure. most of them home to freeze Yeah, I totally them. didn't eat all nine cookies. So, I mean, you could have. You ran enough. You could have eaten all the well, cookies. Well, that was our breakfast. Like, that was our power food after. That was, we were like, look. It wasn't breakfast. That was a victory cookie. I mean, yeah, it was. I think I think after the half marathon, we might have both eaten an entire cookie. Um, and then, I don't know if I ate a whole one or a They're finished one. They're not single one. serving? <laughs> I was like, dude, I've earned this. This is I am eating this cookie. It was great. It let, let me tell you, those cookies, you think those cookies taste good normally? Go run a whole bunch and then eat one of those cookies. It's even better. Or just skip the running part and eat the cookie. It's just as good. <laughs> All right, but but so we're going home. Treat yourself. And we're on the plane and somebody else had a Gideon's bag and we we're kind of making a joke of like, oh, you gotta watch out. Somebody might steal your cookies. It was gonna be me. It's gonna and, be me. <laughs> and and somebody behind us were like, I've never had them before. They're actually good. Like the line's always mm-hmm. so long. And we said we're like, we said that for for a year. Like there's no way these cookies are worth it. And they're totally worth it. So for everybody listening, if you're like, there's no way those cookies are worth it, yes. they are. There's a strategy to it. Take our advice, yep. do the strategy, like make sure you go there first and then you can, you know, putz around, eat your dinner, or whatever. Um, I said putz around. That's funny. All right. You can do that. And then you can get back in line. And by the way, once you get called, the line itself, like the physical line, it's like, like 20 minutes. Yeah, if that. It doesn't yeah. take very yeah, long. It moves quickly. Um, but yeah, they are, they are totally worth it. So yeah, so we had some Gideon's cookies and we still have some uh, in the freezer. Yes. So we have not eaten them all. Yes. Next place we ate uh, was at Epcot. So we wanted to try some new places as well. So we got to try uh, Via Napoli. So we made a reservation there. We We had heard good things about that. In Italy, it was, I I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I had the pizza. Uh, I think they're kind of known for their pizzas there. Um, You know, you can probably see them on Instagram. You can buy like a pizza that's like three feet long. I think they call it, you know, a meter uh, pizza. Um, and that could serve obviously like a family of people. So I did not get one that big. <laughs> I got like a personal pan one, uh, but it was really good. I liked it. I definitely would go back. It's it's kind of a thinner crust, which isn't something that I usually enjoy. I'm more of like a thicker crust uh, type type of pizza lover. But it was really good, even though it was a thinner crust. I thought it was really well done, uh, really flavorful, really well seasoned. So I would definitely uh, go back there. I thought it was a really good meal. 
I thought the pizza was really good. Not, I mean, again, it wasn't my favorite pizza I've ever had. I ordered one that had truffle oil in it. Like it was, I think, the only one. I thought it was a really interesting flavor. I enjoyed it. I do think, I don't remember if I tried yours or not. I think you got the margarita pizza. Mm -hmm. And I think I might have probably preferred yours because it was just a little bit less like overpowering. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty good pizza. Uh, I was really excited to get a chance to try eating pizza there and we had a server all the way from michigan yeah we got like <laughs> the there. one guy there who was not from italy <laughs> it was so like everybody funny. else is from italy uh the the person that checked <laughs> us in was from milan um all that stuff we saw other people walking around they were from italy yeah no this guy wasn't <laughs> he was yeah, from michigan so. it was pretty funny but i mean he was still he, he was, was great. great he was he a great, great dude he was great he guy. was pretty awesome but it was just really funny that he was he was like the one guy that's name tag said Michigan. I yeah. was like, where's Michigan in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michigan, Italy? Where is that? I haven't heard of that one. Uh, kind of rounding out our food, we did eat at Beaches and Cream. We've eaten there a lot, so I don't know if there's a lot to say about that. I think the only thing I want to mention is, sadly, they were out of orange slices, which yes. made me very sad. If you've listened to the show, I love the frozen sunshine. I always ask for extra candied orange slices because they are absolutely magical. Uh, and the you know the best time was whenever they gave me like a bowl full of them because they, they yeah. knew... Our girl, our girl Courtney was not there. So they, they knew what was up. Um, but this time I said, hey, can I have a few extra orange slices? And they go, I'm sorry. We were actually out of them. You're getting none. But the frozen sunshine was still very good. It was not said that way. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the frozen sunshine was still very good without the orange slices. But yeah, we ate at Beaches and Cream. We love it there. We try to go there basically every time we're there. Yeah. If you've not gone to Beaches and Cream, uh, go there. The desserts are incredible. What I loved is we went after the marathon. And there were people just ordering the kitchen sink left and stop right one table yep. got two of them there was yes. a table of i think five people they now they all had their marathons i think some of them had dopey medals on so they definitely earned it but they ordered two kitchen sinks. hey listen you go by yourself and you want to order the kitchen sink you earn That's that insane. it's you a buy. whole can you of buy. whipped cream a whole can exactly a whole can <laughs> but yeah it was just like they were just non-stop uh sending out kitchen sinks yeah, i that, think we were there fun. there was probably like four or five kitchen sinks order i mean there was like three within like and, a minute of us and if you're down. not aware that, yeah oh you did say that there's like a whole thing and they bring it out and yeah, yeah. so it, it's it, it is a cool thing i think sometime we need to go with people and order the kitchen sink i need that experience sometime in my life so um yeah if you're interested you, you need a group you need a group because it's a lot of ice <laughs> it's a cream. lot of ice it's cream a, it's a lot of and uh, also stuff. there's different variations on it there's also a chocolate lovers one and i think there was a neapolitan one which um you know, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, just the different ice cream. So yeah, but the the grilled cheese there is fantastic, and also the the tomato soup with the grilled cheese is amazing. So highly recommend it. Um. So yeah. So that kind of wraps up the food. Before we get into the actual like race, I do want to mention uh, one thing we did at Epcot. So the new Ducktales Adventure that they have at oh, Epcot was yes. out. Um. And so I wanted to try this because Ooh. I saw on social media, uh, some people posting about it, and that there was like. They're not animatronics, but they're kind of like statues and figures in it. And I was like, oh, this isn't what I expected because it's something, uh, if you're not familiar, the DuckTales Adventure is something on the Play Disney app that you can do at Epcot. Uh, it's new. It just started within the past month or so. And I thought it was just strictly on the app. I thought it was just something you did as you went around the countries. You played like little mini games uh, on the app. That's all it was. And I saw, oh, no, there's like 
some there's interactivity yeah to and there's it. some like physical stuff in the land so i said let's try this out and it was a lot of fun yeah we were having a blast i think we did three countries we only plan on doing two we did an extra one because we were having so much fun i think we, we did three up- or four we did uh china uh france and Japan, and for sure. Um, I can't remember if we did one more or not. It's not all of the countries in Epcot. I believe it's just seven of the countries, but it's a lot of fun. So you do uh, little mini games. It's really cool how it's done because it kind of takes you to um, like the lesser visited corners of the of the countries because obviously if there's a lot of people doing this, which there's not, I mean, it didn't see like many people were doing this at all. So it's kind of, you know, cool. You can do this yourself, but it gets you out of the way. So you're not like, like you're not going to be at the front of reflections of China in the queue because obviously there's a lot of people there. So it kind of moves you around, but there's, there's interactive things in like the windows of uh, some of the stores. And then it kind of ends with, you know, a big reveal with some sort of, again, figure popping up or something. It's really neat. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I was really surprised how much fun it was t- uh, to do. Again, we did a few countries. Definitely we'll do the rest of the countries when we go back. But it's something really cool. They take maybe like 10 to 15 minutes per country. So it's yeah. a fun little thing to do. And it's a fun way to explore the countries and maybe see some things you didn't know about before. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of like we did it on your phone, but it was still a ton of fun just going around and getting to see the different parts. You know, we don't sometimes whenever we're in Epcot, we're either running to the food or we're running to, you know, let's go get in line for Frozen. Let's go over to Living with the Land. So it was nice to spend more time in the countries. And I was really surprised where some of them took you like um, the store in Japan. Actually, it had you go into the store in Japan. Um, that, so that was the was, coolest one. When it you was. Went in the it store, was. And well, then there's a, no spoilers. No there's spoilers. an animatronic in the, in the store. store yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Well, and the thing that's kind of fun about it too is I didn't really see too many people like this. A lot of people seem to kind of realize what was going on, but. I mean, you stand the chance of people being like, oh my gosh, how did you make that happen? Why is that happening? Well, that Uh, was cool because yeah, like again, we're doing this so we know something's going to happen. Most of the people in the store or around you don't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden this like animatronic comes out and something happens. Everybody's like, what's going on? Like why? And then people people, people in there were kind of like, oh, it's happening again. Like they didn't quite seem to know why. Yeah, Some people knew, but then there were people like, why did they do that? And then they're looking like, is it going to do it again? What's going to happen? Like, it's it's yeah. really cool to see. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, it, it was just really fun. And I think that that's a really great way for them to, to kind of get people like less in the lines, spread out the crowd. And it was so much fun. Like, I can't wait to go back and do more of the countries and potentially even do some of them again, just because it was that much of a blast. Well, I really think it's something they need to integrate into other parks. Yeah, I mean, I think like you know they, they've they have that bounty hunting uh, thing over in Galaxy's Edge with the Magic Band Plus, and so they kind of have and it's like screen based. So you're kind of like walking around uh, Galaxy's Edge, and it's kind of like a you know hot cold type thing, and you're interacting with your Magic Band Plus. But imagine something like that, or even like. Like we talked about this on the Star Cruiser. Like when yeah, you're going around, they every, need this for the everything's Star on like your data pad, and there's there's really no interactions. You're just like scanning a QR code. Nothing happens. Like imagine having Galaxy's Edge come to life in some way. You know, have the box shake because there's some sort of creature in there, or have mm-hmm. you know something pop up uh, again as you complete your mission. Again, something that like you know is going to happen. It's a cool thing just for people walking by. 
but it kind of helps you spread around the land. Or yeah, if you do it for the Star Cruise or something special. But I think like something in Galaxy's Edge would be great. I think something like this over in DCA and Avengers Campus, you know, some sort of like hero training thing, or you know, you're you're tracking down um, like an Infinity Stone or something like that. And again, like little interactive elements in the land happen. I think there's a lot of other places Disney could use this. Um, and so they I, need think, to make I think one. they should roll this out to other places. They need to make one of these in the Magic Kingdom with Stitch. I think it would work really well because the Magic Kingdom is always so, so crowded. Like, I actually... You know, this well, time they around, have, they, I love. They used to have the uh, the keeper. They used to have the keepers of the kingdom there, um, which were like cards. And so there was like an interactive screen. Again, not to the level that this uh, Ducktales adventure is, um, but I like the idea. Yeah, of like Stitch popping up everywhere. Right, people would I, love that. Yeah, because yeah, it would it would get people to do it, but also it would kind of help alleviate some of the crowds in Magic Kingdom. They could spread people to kind of the outskirts or to an area of the park that doesn't get as busy. And then it would just, you know, help with crowds. Um, But speaking of the Magic Kingdom, so, you know, kind of going back to the race experience, and I was so shocked and surprised by how many people were lined up along Main Street whenever, you know, on the half marathon and on the marathon, you get the opportunity to run into the Magic Kingdom. You come in through Main Street and then you actually end up getting to run through the castle, which is a huge highlight of the race. But coming into Main Street was insane because it almost reminded me of, you know, doing a big, big race. There were tons of people lined up. They had signs. There was a like a really clever couple, like couple girls that had signs about Josh tomorrow and how, um, you know, Josh, there's going to be a Josh tomorrow meet and greet at the end of, of the race. Like they, just really cute little things to kind of make you smile and motivate you to continue moving on. And then also, um, whenever I was doing the marathon, you were there, which was really cool. And you can maybe talk a little bit about how you got a, like got a chance to kind of see me along the route. But the other thing that I got to see along the you know, right on Main Street was Brittany. I can't remember what her last name uh, was, but Brittany, who won the Dopey last year, she literally won every single race and was one of the few people to actually do that. She was in the Magic Kingdom. She was there. She didn't run it. And I got a chance to like high five her and say, you know, great job last year and stuff like that. So that was kind of a highlight for me. Yeah. So running through the Magic Kingdom is definitely the highlight. So doing that for the half marathon, which I ran with you, that was the reason I wanted to do the half marathon was because I knew it went through the Magic Kingdom. Specifically, it goes through the castle. Um, That definitely is the most memorable moment of a run Disney race. Um, Running through (laughs) the castle um, is definitely the highlight. So I would recommend if you're going to do a run Disney race, not that the other races aren't fun, you get to run through the other parks, you know, it is still fun. You get to see a lot of, a lot of characters, but having that half marathon or marathon, cause they're the only ones that do that. I think the princess, a half marathon goes through the magic kingdom as well, but running through the castle is definitely the most magical moment. They have a lot of uh, photo pass people there right after. So you can get, you can pull off and get your picture in front of the castle. Plus they get your picture running through the castle, but that was a, a great moment. It's about halfway through the half marathon and it definitely helps like lift your spirits. Like it, it definitely gives you that boost that you need. So that, that is definitely uh, a lot of fun. I think kind of maybe, maybe stepping back a minute here and just kind of talking about marathon weekend in general for maybe people that aren't familiar with run Disney events or marathon weekend. Um, basically 
The races run Thursday through Sunday, so it's a 5K on Thursday, a 10K on, on Friday, a half marathon on Saturday, and a full marathon on Sunday. Uh, and you have to be there a day early. So we got in because Wednesday you have to pick all of your uh, bibs up. They have a huge expo. There's a ton of people there. I really felt like, um, because we've done some other Run Disney races, but we've not been there for Marathon Weekend. Mm-hmm. It is definitely far more crowded on Marathon Weekend. Oh my gosh. Weekend. It was thick with people. Like It was hard to turn around and not bump into somebody. It was There were so many people there. Yeah, I was going to say, I felt like it was very much you kind of waited in one line and then waited in another line. Like, I did not, I've never felt that way at the Run Disney races. Usually you go in uh, and you pick up your bib, there's a line there. But like, we went and picked up the bib and you had to wait in line to get in the building. And then immediately they go, okay, you have to get your t shirts over at this other building. So you exit this one and immediately there's a line started and you're waiting another 20 minutes to get into the other building to get your t shirts. So it was a lot of waiting in line. Plus, there was a oh, virtual queue for all the merchandise and you're waiting in line in there to get all the merchandise. So it really was just a lot of waiting. And that wasn't something that we had necessarily experienced in our other mm-hmm. Run Disney events. So if you are thinking about doing a Run Disney event, um, and you maybe want to do it with less crowds, try like the springtime surprise one, maybe maybe the wine and dine one, something that's maybe not as crowded because marathon weekend definitely is on a whole other level. Yeah, I think Princess is pretty crowded as well too. I'm not I'm not hundred percent positive. We've never done that one, but I think that that's also a pretty highly attended one. Um, but for me it was a little different because my I got I like I pretty much got my bibs and then I just walked across the room and got my shirts. I didn't have to really go too much further yeah, to they get had, it. Yeah, that's a good point. The they had a special entrance for Dopey Challenge Yes, yeah. So if you're going with somebody who's not running the Dopey, you're not going to be with them. Um, I think you ended up actually, yours took longer, but mine ended up taking longer. So yours took longer for you to get through because your shirts were a little bit further away and stuff. Uh, and you actually had to go to a different building, whereas mine was right in the same building in the same location. I had to wait in quite a line to to get my bibs, but once I got there, um, it was pretty quick getting my shirts. However, the issue kind of arose with you know with Run Disney events, they don't always use the same shirt vendor to print their shirts that you get for the races and so sizing can be a little bit um tricky so i know that when we did the springtime surprise i didn't i ordered you know like my typical size and i know that i don't really um like i'll never really wear them as regular shirts because they're a little bit too loose i don't like my short sleeve shirts that loose but then this time i ordered that next that size down because i you know knew i didn't like the fit of the springtime surprise shirts and it was a long sleeve shirt and i like mine a little bit like looser and so i ended up having to like i wanted to go exchange and they had no size like none of my size to exchange to like the size that i wanted well, that's so i point. had to and, wait around and what you're talking about is you, you don't exchange it with disney they have a shirt swap so yes. if if again you're going it's your first race uh you're maybe not familiar with this it's a it's a good tip if you get your shirt and you go oh this doesn't fit me like yeah, i think try it, it would. on there yeah because they have a shirt swap there so basically what it is is everybody else whose shirt doesn't fit them you go and you say oh right. I need a medium instead of a small. Well, I need a small instead of a medium. And you swap sizes Right. There. Like I, I could have done that for the springtime surprise, but I didn't really realize that you could do that. And I didn't really think about it too much. So I just took my shirts and went. But yeah, absolutely. Try on your shirts and see if they work. I mean, they might not have your size, but if you do wait around, 
generally well that's what i'm saying you're waiting for people it's not like again yeah. disney's giving you the shirt you order and that's it it's not like you right. can tell them oh this, this is doesn't fit I me i need yeah. a different size because they just make whatever sizes you get you have to wait for other people but that is a good tip um to kind of uh do your uh shirt swap to kind of wait there because right they do have i those. mean and also keep in mind the way you like things to fit like if i think that the marathon weekend tends to be long sleeve shirts um maybe look and see what past events have given away like the other ones i think are usually short sleeve so you know if you like different fits on different kinds of shirts then maybe you can know a little bit more accurately what you want i didn't really realize it was going to be long sleeve shirts for a marathon weekend but it makes sense it's january so I will say it was very nice uh, getting around because minivans were back. So yes. that was helpful being able to use minivans on occasion. Um, but definitely, you know, with Marathon Weekend, transportation is tough. Traffic is bad because especially everything runs through the Magic Kingdom. So those roads are closed. The nice thing is, uh, which was which was really nice for us because we were staying at the Polynesian. So if you can do this, this is another tip. If you can stay at a monorail resort, on marathon weekend definitely do that because the monorails <laughs> the monorails run and it makes it super easy to get to epcot so so another tip when you finish with your races and you are staying at a monorail uh you know enabled get back on places, the monorail get on the monorail it doesn't matter how tired you are and how much you want to go to that bus do not put yourself through that because we accidentally took the bus for the half marathon i think or was it yeah it was the half, the marathon, half marathon right yeah. and we ended up waiting in so much traffic um it was i'm a surprised nightmare. they even had the buses like i thought oh the buses weren't even running and when we saw them i was like oh i guess it's okay because why would they have a bus going if there's an issue, like if yeah. the roads are closed, um, but that was not the case. The roads were partially closed. There was crazy detours. It took a long time. The bus driver didn't know what to yeah. do or where to go. Yeah, it, it took a long time. We eventually got there, but yeah, definitely take the monorail. But it's nice, especially in the morning, because the monorails were not crowded in the morning. It took, you know, 10 minutes to get to Epcot. Like it, it's, it was a very smooth process of not having to wait for the buses because 5K and 10K, you do have to take a bus, um, so you have to leave yourself a little bit more time. But being able to, to take those monorails uh, is a huge benefit, and especially then if you're a spectator, because those monorails are constantly running. So I ran into this on the 10K that Did I didn't run. Did you run into it? Did you run? Yeah, yeah I was running. <laughs> I ran into it on the 10K because I wanted to uh, – you went, and I was going to come down a little bit later just to kind of see you at the oh, finish line. Yeah. And the buses weren't running because I just assumed, oh, I'll just catch one of the buses a little bit later. But they mm -hmm. stop running and they don't restart until basically people start finishing. So you kind of would have been done at that time. So I ended up getting an Uber. It took a while to get it. I actually got there like right when you basically finished. Like you were like, oh, I'm done. And I was like, I just got to Epcot. Yeah, so so he, wait for me. You didn't even have uh, yeah, and so a I basically, to walk to the finish line. Yeah, I basically just walked and got on the bus and just did this giant loop. Uh, to Epcot. But for the marathon, it was nice because the monorails start running at like 2.30 in the morning and then they're just constantly running. So if you're mm -hmm. a spectator, it's really easy to go to, you know, to go uh, and and see your, your runner off to the start line and then go back up to Magic Kingdom or back to your hotel for maybe a little bit and then to circle back down to the finish line. Like it makes it really easy to do. So I would definitely, if you can, stay at one of the Magic Kingdom resorts on the monorail because that makes it really easy uh, transportation-wise for the marathon weekend. Yes, absolutely. It was it was a dream. Those monorails were, were great. One other thing, we were in Corral B for the 5 and the 10K, and then we were in Corral A for the half and the full. And when we were in Corral B, there were so many – we were – just because there 
is a lot more space for the characters to be spread out, then it actually was really nice because the lines weren't massive. They weren't a half an hour. We waited for, I think, a half an hour for Chip and Dale on the 5K. Um, and then I saw them on the marathon and I ran right up to them. So again, just kind of a little tip there. If you're thinking about doing it and you're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I think maybe I'll just do one of the short ones. It'll be more enjoyable. There is a level of frustration with that because there do like the lines do get to get be pretty long. So if you stop at one, then the lines for the rest of them are starting to get longer too. So by the time you get to the next one, you might have to wait a half an hour um, or 20 minutes and you might not want to do that. As a spectator, you mentioned talking about uh, being on Main Street. And so like you know, you talked about running on Main Street as a participant it was really cool. I did go up uh, for the marathon. So I, I went down with you. Uh, you can't really see anybody at the start line because the start line is like behind the trees and on the road for the half marathon and the marathon. So it's not like really spectators can, can see the start line. But I went down and just kind of like walked you to like where the gate is until you started walking over like the <laughs> three mile walk. Uh, to get to the start line. It was crazy. It was like a 5K warm up just to get to the start line. Uh, but I went down and then I, I took the monorail back up again. It was really, really nice. There was a lot of people too doing the same thing because the monorail was pretty crowded. I mean, it wasn't packed, but there were other people on the monorail riding back. But uh, Magic Kingdom is open. You can just walk in uh, if you're a spectator, which is really nice. And it was really cool because the left side of Main Street where the spectators are was completely open. So it's five o'clock in the morning. All the shops are open. I was like, oh, I'll go do a little shopping. Like we, we were looking for um, one of the, the new Disney sweatsuits. It's like a tie-dye yeah, women's tie sweatsuit. Suit. Yeah. And I got the orange – so I got the orange sweatpants and I wanted the hoodie to go with it. But the one size was a little bit too small. So I needed the next size up that we could not find. Yeah. So I was like, oh, let me go see if they have it. So you could do shopping. Casey's was open. People were buying hot dogs at – five o'clock in the morning yeah it was it was crazy but it was it was really neat to like be there because i wasn't expecting main street to be open like i mm. knew they were gonna let me in i knew magic kingdom was open so that you could go stand there as a spectator but i wasn't expecting that like yeah all the cast members had to be there at, you know probably four in the morning as well i'm not sure what time magic kingdom actually opened but it was probably pretty early so it was a really neat experience being a spectator um mm. to kind of see that uh, as well, and again to like you know do some shopping, get some food, things like that. It makes sense that they have food there because those people could be staying there for hours. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was I was there. The race started at five. I was there, you know, five maybe a little bit after. You know, it probably took you know an hour and a half until you got there. It was like forty five minutes to an hour until like the first person came by. You know, so like you're just standing there doing nothing. Like I was there before they even had the sign up because we were at like mile marker ten before even like the time was up you know so you're just kind of standing around waiting and then once people start coming it gets interesting so it's it's cool that they you know have that there um but yeah it was fun following you around because i i saw you on main street and then i hurried up got on the monorail went back to the polynesian just as you ran by uh there and then i went back uh, down to the finish line and stood there for for basically a few hours for till you finished uh, and it was neat to see just kind of everybody coming through. Well, you said like the first finisher, uh, you know, it was kind of cool. And like they had to make small talk before the first finisher got there. And yeah. they were really funny. Yeah, so it, it was neat. You had a cool experience. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. Uh, the announcers, anybody that's ever done a Run Disney event, if you've not been a spectator uh, to it, um, all of like the announcers who are there pre-race, uh, like Carissa, Carissa Galloway uh, and yeah. them, they, they do their kind of little spiel and stick. 
uh, before the race, but they're there at the finish line. And yeah, at the beginning, before anybody finishes or even the first couple finishers, because there's big gaps. You know, you get the male finisher finishing like two and a half hours, and then it's like a half an hour later until the first female finisher finishes. So there's kind of big gaps, but yeah, they're there kind of cracking jokes, interacting with the crowd uh, of the spectators that are there. You know, people are holding up signs and they're trying to guess what signs they are. And, and they're kind of going back and forth. You know, everybody that comes through, they're reading where they're from and they're making comments about their cities and their towns and stuff. So they were like really funny. And it was a really neat experience because you don't get that whenever you're a runner at the beginning because they're, they're so focused on uh, the race conditions and you know, any information well, hype, you need about the race and the, and the hype, hype and, and like the yeah. making sure they get their sponsors mentioned and in and promoting anything that they're supposed to promote for Disney. Like they had, they promoted for the marathon. I think that I saw, um, it was a preview Ant -Man. for Ant-Man. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're definitely, they have a very set schedule of things that they have to do. And then they also have like the human interest pieces of just, Hey, here's somebody who's run every single marathon. Hey, here's a woman who participated. I think there was one person who had participated in the marathons, um, and then like went through a pretty bad accident and then she could, she can no longer run. So now she rides her, like her bike. So they have these really cool human interest pieces that are pretty ex inspiring. And then, you know, they all oftentimes have like make a wish and talk about that because they partner with make a wish. So it's just a really interesting set. I mean, it is a set group of things that they have to talk about. So yeah, you were explaining how they're actually really funny at the finish line and they were making their funny comments. Um, so I, I thought that was really, you know, cool. And you got to see the first finishers, which... Yeah, it was a really yeah. neat experience being a spectator. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I was yeah, kind of out there the, the whole time I got up with you. I was like, I'm just going to get up, just, you know, go make sure I want to you know, make sure I was at the Magic Kingdom, that I had a good spot so that I could see you. I wanted to make sure I was at the finish line. You know, when I got to the finish line, there weren't a lot of people there. So I was definitely right up front. I had my spot and I stood there and, you know, it started filling in and getting crowded by the time you finished. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did that. I definitely uh, would and kind of do that again. They, they make sure that you're having a good time, even if you're not running the race. couple things. One, I have to stop for one second and give Joe credit because I don't know that I would have wanted to get up. And I think it was really awesome that you got up with me and you went with me. Um, it really helped. So thank you. And then the other thing is, hey, Joe, what did you say to me after I finished, you know, completed all, all the marathon and the dopey and everything? What was what I was said, that thing that you said I to said, me? I may want to run a marathon. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? I'm pretty sure we probably have a soundbite of him saying there's no way he's never going to run a marathon. And then when I finish... I don't know that I've ever said I wouldn't run a marathon. I said no, I'm, I'm not doing the dopey. I've heard you say you were I not. I said I'm not doing the You dopey. said you'd stick with the half marathon. You're never yeah, running a marathon. Yeah, I said I'd stick with the half marathon. I don't necessarily want to run a marathon, but I definitely don't want to do the dopey. <laughs> but I think I may do a marathon. So how was the marathon? What was the experience uh, running your first marathon, completing the dopey challenge, uh, kind of all in one like what what was that moment like uh finishing so it was it was really interesting and again my times varied wildly i was you know because we got stuck in lines for some of the earlier races it was a lot slower but um that was really actually kind of a godsend because then coming come with the half marathon and the marathon and i ran with you for most of the half marathon and then i was a bad wife and left you but my pace for that was even pretty like slower than I had trained. So when I got to the marathon, I was able to sustain 
a faster pace than I had really thought I was going to be able to do. And I finished in under four hours. So what's really cool is they had a pacer um, and I saw the pacer like kind of come past me or like right in front of me. And I realized like, oh, that's the four hour pacer right there. So if I pass that guy and I stay in front of him, then I'm going to break the four, four hour marathon. Because I think that you had asked me before, like, you know, what's your goal with this? Like, what do you want to yeah, do? You kind of just wanted to finish. You really didn't have a time set in mm-hmm. mind because you're stopping for characters right. and that sort of thing. And I did. And you did stop. I mean, you stopped yes, for characters. I stopped for almost every character. Yeah, but I think because you you were kind of out ahead of a lot of people and again, yeah. you ran it very fast. I was surprised you broke four hours. I mean, I was kind of tracking you where you were. It's really cool. Uh, another thing, if you're a spectator, the app will tell you how fast they're running because there, there's points. I think there's like a 10K, 10 mile, half, 20 mile. You know, you, your chip reads mm-hmm. it and it will tell you your pace and then it tells you the expected time you're going to be at the next thing. So like I knew once you hit the, the, the six mile mark, it gave me an expected time when you'd be at 10 miles, which was the Magic Kingdom where I was. And then I had an expected time of when you're going to be at the finish line. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of tracking you and I was like, oh no, she's a little bit ahead of this. I was like, she's going to break four hours. I was, I was pretty impressed because um, you did stop for pictures too. But mm-hmm. you know, again, there's, there's not as many lines. Like the 5K was crazy, yes. the amount of lines there were, which you think – a 5k like you should be able to run it pretty quick it took us like an hour and a half almost two hours yeah, because we were stopping crazy. um for that but then you know when you get on like the half marathon the marathon those were much better in terms of lines because i think there's more they're more spread out and especially also, like the back half yeah the it. people people get to the end of the race and i think a lot of people want to just finish well they don't want to get swept either i mean you, get, you also have to run into uh, you know if you stop for well, too many characters and you don't run uh, you know, if you're training, I mean, where I was though, I was out toward the yeah, front, so yeah. people weren't worried about getting swept. But I think that they were just like, okay, well, like, they're there to do I a time be, too. Yeah, yeah. I want to be done. Yeah, but you, yeah, you get a lot of people. I mean, that is something you have to keep in mind too. You have to keep a certain pace. So you know, if you're training at you know maybe a 10, 12 minute mile, um, that's a great pace. But if you stop for a lot of characters and there's a lot of lines, you do mm-hmm. run the risk of getting swept because you have yeah. to keep that 15 minute mile pace. So that's something that yeah, you were really worried about, I was worried that with about the, the 5k. 5k because it was, it was taking so long for those characters and we really, we were dressed as Chippendale. So we really wanted to get a Chippendale uh, photo and I'm like, Angela, you know, we may have to go. They, they told us seven 30 was the cutoff. So we, we had time cause it was like seven o'clock. So we knew we had about a half an hour, but I was nervous at first of like, this is taking a long time cause we waited yeah. for some photos. Um, so that is something you do kind of have to be mindful of. Yeah. But you know, kind of to go back and answer your question, how was that like experience? I didn't feel too fatigued going into the marathon. I was really like stringent about my sleep. I got to the point, you know, whenever we did the five and the 10 Ks, I realized how wiped out I was and I wasn't quite, you know, leading up to it. I didn't get really great sleep. And so I realized that, Hey, now I'm tired. My body's tired. I can actually get sleep and have an easy time falling asleep. And so for the half and the full marathon, we went to bed at like six o'clock at night so that we were actually getting like a full eight hours. And I think that that really helped with my energy levels and everything. It was really cool, you know, getting to the end of that marathon, the last, probably the last 5k, um, you know, I could play little mental tricks on myself for a while. Like, you know, there's the 10, 10, 10, thing for a marathon which is you break the race into three different parts the first 10 miles the second 10 miles and then the last 10k because that's what it is and so you can play these tricks on yourself that oh okay well I've done 10 of it already now I'm a third of the way there and 
I was able to kind of do that with the, oh, okay, I only have a 5K left to run. Like I did that on the first day. This is no big deal. But then when I probably got about a mile out, I was just, I was really not feeling it anymore. And I, the thought crossed, it wasn't ever like screaming at me, but the thought crossed my mind many times like, hey, don't you want to just like start walking now? Like this is, this is, you're pretty tired. Like why don't you just kind of take it easy? Because again, when I was training, I definitely trained to run probably like a nine, 10 minute mile, but also you have to keep in mind, like my time of a nine minute mile for this was taking into consideration that I waited for Hades for a while, taking into consideration that I stopped at almost all the characters. So I was really running faster than that. So my body was pretty shot in that last mile. And I just kind of like kind of gritted my teeth and was like, look, <laughs> you have a mile, like that's not that far to go. And I was just kind of thinking like every other day, cause it always ends in the same place. So every other day I'm like, okay, I know when I go past this building, it's not that much further. Oh, okay. That's a little bit further than I remembered. Okay. Well here, there's this building. Okay. Go around this curve. And finally, like it was just, it was so nice. And when I saw that finish line, you know, all of those feelings of fatigue kind of lifted off and um, across the finish line, I was really surprised that, I, oh, I tried to jump across the finish line. Well, that's what I was going to say. So <laughs> you you looked, you know, so maybe, you, were, you know, you were getting tired. You know, you, you were feeling, um, oh, my gosh, how, how can I kind of finish trying to push through? But when you came down kind of that, like, final stretch where, again, where the spectators were, and I saw you were smiling. You look great. I was like, oh, man, she looks happy. Like, I thought you'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, like you, you could see the in your face. The smile pushes the pain away. Yeah, like, <laughs> but you, you seemed happy. And I was like, oh, she's doing great. She's doing great. But I knew you were tired because you do this thing every race where you leap at the finish line. I call it the super stride. I don't yeah. know if that's and, pain, and it but. creates great photos because the, the, the photo pass people at the finish line are kind of, they're seated, so they're, 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 shooting up a little bit to begin with so when you jump and they take that photo it's, and they don't get the road underneath it looks like you yeah. are thir- like 10 feet in the air yeah like it's like a leaping jump. stride yeah. so you take a stride and then yeah, it looks I, like you could dunk like if when i see the photos i'm like oh she could dunk even though <laughs> if you've ever seen angela she does not get very high off no the i do not but you jump pretty well there and i was and i was watching you and i'm like oh i've got to see her do her stride and you did the tiniest little hop I've ever seen in my entire life. It was life. very feeble. You actually, I think you crossed the finish line and then went, oh yeah, I'm supposed to jump. And you just went like hop. And I was like, oh, okay, she actually is tired. Because <laughs> you look great. I was like, oh my gosh, like she's, she's running fast. You know, she's kept a great, a great pace. I'm like, I'm really impressed. You know, all the training paid off after all the other races, you're doing great. I was like, I can't believe she's not tired. Like how is she just, just doing this well? And then when I saw that hop, I was like, the hop tells the two tale. <laughs> She's smiling. She looks good. But that hop tells me she was tired. And that's what I told you. I was like, I was like, you're tired, aren't you? Because I saw you barely got off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know. But you still went to the parks that day. Yeah. I wasn't really, I wasn't in any pain. I was just really tired after. All right. Here's the big question. Though. Would you do it again? To do another dopey? Because you told me, because I said, oh, I might do the marathon. And you're like, I kind of want to do the dopey again. So you, <laughs> is that still true? You think you want to do it again? Yeah, I don't think I I don't think I want to do it next year. I feel pretty accomplished and pretty good for for doing the But you the would do it again though. But I do think I would do it again. I think I need a a, a year break and then if you're going to run the marathon like <laughs> you always galvanize me to do whatever because I feel like I can't just sit and watch. Um I'm it's really a lot bad of fun at that. being a spectator. Yeah, I think you would enjoy that a little bit more than me. I just I don't know. I, I think that that would 
bother me. I think it would. Don't I mean, take it this the wrong cool. way. Don't take this the wrong way. I think you would get lost on your own being a spectator of like. Oh, if I had to navigate around Disney. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You'd be like, wait, hold on. Where do I have to go again? Oh, I would have missed every single like if it was you running and not me. Yeah, I would have missed yeah. every single one of the meetups. You'd be like, oh yeah, where are you? I'm now in Magic Kingdom. I'll be like, oh, I'm somehow in the Epcot parking lot. I left here and somehow ended up here again, and I don't even know how. So yeah, I I don't take that the wrong way. You're right. That's not necessarily one of my strengths. But according to Chris Hemsworth, I need to get better at that navigating because it helps your brain. Exactly. It, exactly. But yeah, <laughs> watch Limitless. So, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So overall, though, I thought it was a really fun trip. Yeah. Again, even though we didn't ride a lot of stuff, I still had a lot of fun. I did enjoy just walking around the parks, just being there. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was really cool Monday seeing everybody with their medals for Medal Monday, mm. being at Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's where oh, we went Monday. Hot tip. If you can, Metal Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go out Sunday. You can get your, your pictures. Because if, but... if you're feeling up to it, because there were tons of people. We got there pretty early and we started getting our pictures early. I started getting my pictures with the photo pass photographers, but there were tons of people um, lined yeah, everybody up goes to out take Monday. pictures with their medals. So if you can on Sunday, it might be a little bit easier. Um, but it was really cool too because the photo pass photographers were like very well versed in like how to make the medals look good and like the poses for to do with the medals. Yeah, but there are a lot of people with medals. I mean, they said what eight thousand people are doing the yeah eight thousand people did that's, the dopey. That's crazy. That, yeah. That's crazy. So how it, many people are doing that? It is. It is absolutely bonkers that there are that many people. But it was a lot of fun. Very warm for for January. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was still warm. you know in like the seventies, but it was nice. Definitely would uh, definitely would go back. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to try uh, the marathon. Definitely would do the half marathon again on marathon mm-hmm. weekend. Um, I think I would lean towards either marathon the weekend or, or princess weekend oh, okay, yeah. because again, running through the Magic Kingdom and running through the castle is so special. I think that almost kind of ruins the other <laughs> run Disney races for me. Like, why don't I've done enough 5Ks and 10Ks through Epcot. I want something different. You know, it, it is, it's so special running through the castle. Uh, would definitely do those again. But yeah, Marathon Weekend was a lot of fun. Had, had a lot of great food. This was a really uh, good trip. So yeah, overall, uh, it was a lot of fun. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Definitely would recommend it. So yeah, if the, if you are, if you are seriously on the fence about doing it and you're like, oh, I don't know, like, I mean, if you're willing to put in the work, do it because it was a really spectacular experience. I don't even like, I don't even really enjoy road racing that much anymore. I like trail running a lot more. And I think that like, it reminded me of trail running though, because there were so many little things that would pop up and things to look at and music to engage with. And there was choirs that were singing and things like that, that it kept your brain active. And so that you weren't constantly thinking of the grind of oh my gosh I'm running oh my gosh I'm running this is so long there was a lot of distractions that kind of kept your brain active and and kind of you know getting getting those little dopamine hits so I would recommend doing it if you're thinking about it just take the leap do the training you got this all right but that wraps up our show for this week want to thank everybody again for listening if you've not done so please leave us a rating or a review subscribe wherever you get your podcast it really helps and we really appreciate it thanks for lending us your ears have a great week everybody and we'll see you here next monday Bye bye.